Welcome to That Sacral Mm-hmm Podcast, the show where we get intimate with our human designs in order to guide ourselves towards our most pleasurable life and leadership. One of my favorite things and one of the things that make my sacral go mm-hmm is watching leaders like you claim their embodied legacies. From vulnerable shares and learning lessons to expert advice offered through the HD lens, I hope you find something here that you can take along with you on your journey to creating yours. The world needs more leaders dripping in their vitality and serving their mission from the overflow. Your time is now. Welcome to the space, and without further ado, let's jump in. Oh, hello there. Welcome back to the show. This is That Sacral Mm-hmm, and I'm Delaney. It has been a while. It's been about, hmm... I don't know the last time I recorded a podcast episode, but I know for a fact that the end of April was the last time I put a blog post out. And that was my seasonal business reflection post. Um, And since then, I've taken a little bit of a hiatus from work, a little bit of a hiatus from sharing because of the fact that number one, I was getting married. So I was sprinting to the end of, uh, or to the finish line rather, Um, in order to, you know, finish up planning and then get myself and all of our things and my fiance and our friends and family to Italy to get married. And then we had about, um, you know, two weeks after that where we were on our honeymoon. So that was number one, the reason why I took a hiatus. And number two was the fact that I burnt myself the fuck out. (laughs) And I know that the last episode that I did was about looking at burnout through the human design lens. So I must have had some like um, prophecy or like I was thinking ahead as to what was down the coming down the pipeline um, in my own reality. And, um, you know, it's just a testament to the fact that you can know all of the information. You can understand human design from the intellectual lens. I know we've talked about that before. And yet in experimentation, especially as a three line for me, you can kind of bump up against, you know, all the things that still don't work. And, you know, I'm still trying to figure that out as a business owner. And so, you know, May, June, July for me were big months of integration, big months of slowing down, big months of kind of reflecting and reassessing, recalibrating to, you know, what I really want this business to be. So um, in this episode, I'm going to share about, you know, what's been going on with me, but also, you know, the things that I've learned throughout this process of being burnt out. Um, This burnout stage has been completely different than the one that I suffered in the past that I shared in a previous podcast episode. And, um, you know, my body's in a much healthier place. And yet, uh, like I said, I still experience burnout. And so it was interesting to see, you know, the difference in my body's reaction to that burnout and what types of symptoms were coming up. So I'm interested and excited to share with you what that looked like and, you know, how I'm feeling now. So for this episode, we're just going to go into a little bit of a recap of the last couple of months and where I'm at, you know, energetically, physically, mentally, and entrepreneurially. Is that a word? Who knows? So like I said, at the end of April, um, I was really beginning to feel or like kind of in the middle of 
the beginning stages of burnout and I could feel that apathy coming up for me as a sacral being. So basically every single thing besides client facing work, like besides going to sessions or, you know, meeting with clients, for example, everything else felt really um, unappetizing to me. Um, And it felt like there was a wall up within me and my body for these outside things. So like social media, creating posts, sharing, different things like that just really felt like a big no for me and my system. It felt like I didn't have the energy, nor did I want to, you know, muster up the energy um, in order to do these things. And, um, you know, this was really centered around uh, or really like came to a head around social media and my time on Instagram. And, you know, this was a long time coming. I wrote about this in a post, uh, a blog post, where I shared that for a long time, I've been sort of assessing my relationship with Instagram as a business owner. Uh, In the beginning of my business journey, it was, you know, my um, assessment or my opinion Uh, based upon what I was seeing that the only way to be successful in your business was to be successful on Instagram. And so I really tried to figure out all of the different things that I would need to do in order to make that happen. I spent lots of money on figuring out what I needed to do to make that happen. And then, you know, throughout the time since the beginning, since 2020, up until now, of my business, I've had like a love-hate relationship with Instagram where sometimes I'm like, oh my God, like I'm vibing with it. I love being on stories. I love sharing this. I love writing for Instagram. And then, you know, going into the complete opposite end of the spectrum where I'm like, I cannot with this platform. It's so gross. I hate it, you know, kind of going from love to hate. And um, really it was just about the fact that I had not found my groove also I think as um, a sacral being also as someone with collective majority collective circuitry in my gates um, and you know just a seasonal being um, as a markets environment I think it's honestly going through seasons and going through different tastes and different um, you know periods and cycles and so it wasn't necessarily that I was doing anything wrong. It was just that I was three line experimenting all the different ways that I could engage with that platform in order to see if it was the thing that was for me. And this final bout of burnout in relation to sharing my work online, you know, was a direct culmination of all the things that didn't work about it and all the things that I continued to try to make work. Um, even though throughout my experimentation, I had found that it wouldn't. So at the end of April, it felt like a a perfect time to take a break. I wasn't posting on there. I was kind of like ghost, (laughs) ghost interacting with people on social media, like watching everything, looking at everything, but not necessarily contributing. And I felt my own body begin to um, ingest things in a different way. For example, like really tapping into the consumerist side of Instagram, like, oh, I saw this, I need to buy this, I saw this, I need to buy this, I saw this, I need to buy this. And then moving into, you know, the like self-deprecating side of it of like, they're doing so much better than me, like, why am I not doing this way? And so I felt this deep turn into an unhealthy territory. And, um, you know, I was like, okay, this is enough. 
definitely need to take a break, definitely need to take a long-term break, and decided to just jump right in um, in, I think, the end of May or maybe the beginning of May. I can't quite remember, but I know for a fact June and July I was not on social media. Um, And also, you know, going into my wedding, I wanted to just be very present. I didn't want the pressure of having to share everything. Um, I had already previously decided that I was going to take July off for my wedding and my honeymoon. And so it just kind of unfolded in that way. Um, So some of the things that I've learned since being off of social media, and I should say, there was times when I went on there. There was a couple of times where I got a little bit curious or had a little bit of FOMO and wanted to go on there and see what was going on. And, um, you know, like especially after my wedding, I wanted to see what everyone was posting and different things like that. But I will tell you, wedding things aside, you know, what actually was going on on my own page and and what was coming up for um, the people that I was following, even when I tapped back in, I really wasn't able to engage in a meaningful way. It felt more like that dopamine hit um, and, you know, spoiler alert, I, I think you're always worried about, okay, if I go away for a long period of time on social media, what is that going to look like? And, you know, how is that going to impact me and my business? For me, for being three, three months off of my social media, um, Instagram specifically, absolutely nothing happened. Not anything in a good way, nor anything in a bad way. I didn't lose any followers. I didn't gain any followers. I didn't miss any messages. I didn't receive any messages. Um, You know, it was very, very quiet. And so, you know, part of me initially took that as a bad thing. Like, oh my God, no one even cares. (laughs) And then the other part of me is like, oh, it's safe. It's safe to take time off. It's safe to move away. It's safe to not be here. Um, and to put things on hold, you're not going to like fall backwards, for example. Um, and, and yeah, so, you know, the things that I've learned aside from that with being off of social media for the past three months as a business owner is that especially as someone that is very defined in my human design chart. So I have all nine of my centers defined and I have a very specific process, um, of, you know, processing what's happening for myself. I'm emotional authority, so I take a lot more time. Not only that, but, you know, my own rhythms and processes are unique to me. And, you know, that's for everybody, but I just have a slower process. And that, you know, snap, 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 snap of social media where it's like constantly providing material, constantly providing insight, constantly sharing, keeping up with the pace is, you know, really a detriment to me and my body's health. I could feel myself, you know, kind of running out of breath figuratively in engaging with social media. And when I took myself out of that equation and was able to really center back in on my body's rhythms, I felt how my timing and and my process was more elongated or required more patience. Um, And so, you know, giving myself compassion in that and understanding, you know, how that might edge up or brush up against the edges of, you know, the the social media formula um, really was very insightful to me. Another thing that became apparent after some time away from social media was my utilization of it in terms of 
keeping myself busy in order not to engage with the other feelings that I might have been having. So scrolling, going through reels, you know, watching videos, different things like that. These were all things that I was utilizing to cope or to fill the empty spaces of my day uh, that may have been making me feel uncomfortable. So during my process of planning my wedding, there was a lot of conflict in, you know, um, how do I want to say this? There was a lot of conflict in the way that I wanted to do things versus the expectations that other people had. Uh, as a five line, those projections are very real. And a lot of old conditioning came up for me around wanting to make people happy, wanting to please people while also wanting to do things my own way. And so I was sort of in one, one foot in um, one level of my life and one foot in another. In another way of saying it, I felt a little bit catapulted back into patterns of the past while also having one foot in this present reality that I've created for myself with, you know, listening to my body, with doing things my own way, with um, really taking note of how I'm feeling and what I want, uh, even if that is quote unquote selfish. And this was an uncomfortable space to be in because not only do you know that the things that you're doing or the things that you are uh, allowing to happen around you are not in your best interest or are not in your alignment, you are still, you know, feeling the pressure of engaging with those things. So I had a lot of uncomfortable feelings, a lot of uncomfy feelings, and I was using social media as a coping mechanism to, again, give myself those dopamine hits to make myself feel comfortable, um, to kind of get out of a conscious state into unconscious awareness, not really having to think about things and allowing myself to take a break, take the back seat, which I'm not villainizing. I'm someone that believes that our coping mechanisms are here for a very specific purpose. And, you know, while some coping mechanisms may be healthier than others, it's a real beauty that we're able to come up with coping mechanisms regardless of you know how we feel about them in hindsight in order to make ourselves feel better and make ourselves feel comfortable and so i see you know hindsight is 2020 i see that that process of using social media as a crutch as unhealthy and still i can hold the truth that it was serving a purpose. My job now is to replace that with something else. And the process of being off of social media for months at a time allowed me to, you know, connect with those uncomfortable feelings and turn inward a bit more than I might have if I had that readily at hand. One of the other things that I realized after time away was that I have, I have a lot of time in the day. <laughs> and maybe that feels really simple, but there's a lot of time in the day that can be used when you're not worrying about what everyone else is doing. You're not worrying about, are you doing what you should be doing? Are you doing enough? 
Um, and I find that social media for me is a big trigger for that. Um, for example, ruminating on why don't I feel like I, I want to post anything? Should I, should I sit down and do something? Should I sit down and write something? What should I put on my stories today? Uh, was that dumb? Should I have not written that? You know, whatever it may be. Those are things that take up a lot of time. And when you wake up and you're not immediately on your phone and you're able to connect with your body and assess what your body needs or, you know, take the time to go outside, to go on a walk, to make breakfast, to do different things and to not necessarily need to be recording it for anybody else. Um, it's very liberating. And I know there's someone out there that's listening to this, like, duh. And also like first world problems that you're like addicted to your phone. And at the same time, it was a, a real reality for me. And I want to share my process and my journey because um, even as someone that really prides herself in being very aware of her body and prides herself in taking care of herself and putting herself first, these were things that I was like unconsciously doing that were contributing to my quote unquote downfall into a bout of burnout. The final thing that I'll share right now that I've been reflecting on um, post social media break is how social media connection is an interesting thing. And sometimes we can get the false sense of connection or we can feel that our connection to someone else or to something else is much stronger than it actually is. Um, because of the false sense of security that social media provides. And when I was off of it, it was my job to be very intentional with making connections with those around me. It was my job to be very intentional about going out of my way to check in with people, to go out of my way to share what was going on with me, for example. And um, that's something that I'm going to take with me moving forward is not to use social media as um, necessarily a connection tool um, in, in place of real, true connection. Again, simple, but for me, it, it feels like a lesson that really needed to land in my body. With all these things being said, I'm, I'm currently in a space of introspection, um, in a space of really taking these different things that are coming to the surface, these different lessons that I'm pulling from what I've experienced these past couple of months and trying to slowly come to the final realization of what, of what that means for me, my business, and my social media presence. So is it that I just need to have a perspective shift is it that I need to be willing to follow my own rhythms and find ways to silence those voices within my head that are tuning in or, or plugging into um, the messaging that we receive about algorithms, for example, or consistency, for example? Or is it that the elements of social media have become so toxic to me that I'm not able to be on those those sites in a healthy way um you know am I able to enjoy them 
recreationally mm-hmm. or from a detached space or are are these things substances that are unhealthy to be ingesting for example um so hopefully that makes sense i don't know what the answer is i do know that i want my business to continue to thrive i want to reach more people i want to share my insights and share my experiments share my story with more people and i'm open to the idea that social media might not be the place to do that i'm also open to the idea that i might have to change in order for social media to be the place to do that and change in the way of you know opposite of conforming but allowing myself to free up a little bit and and to open up a little bit into the possibility of what could be um through the lens of compassion again because it may just be that um I've created a, a toxic environment there or I've been ingesting a lot of toxicity there and it's going to take a little bit longer to come to a space of, you know, the ability to engage from a healthy space, if that makes sense. But with all that being said, I feel really good. I feel really good giving myself some space away from business, giving myself some space away from um, social media Uh, I do feel a little bit of that rustiness, (laughs) like even coming here onto a podcast episode, I I really had to psych myself up for it, to be honest, because, you know, when you haven't done something for a while, and then all of a sudden you you try to get back into it, you, you kind of have to get back into that muscle memory or get back into the motions. And um, I didn't want to come on here and just share nonsense nonsense I really wanted to come on in alignment with my strategy and authority and share something that might be helpful or or might matter um, to someone other than me Um, and also to to give myself the space to integrate and to move through the emotional process of what it was that I was feeling Um, but let's get into a little bit of what burnout looked like for me at that stage um, that I'm describing because in the last podcast episode or two podcast episodes ago rather um, where I shared my personal burnout story I talked about a very physical and visceral experience of burnout that I experienced um, a few years ago uh, and that was really the climax of moving into this next phase of my life where I began my business where I you know kind of burned everything down in order to step into this new way of being and um, it was a very over the top um, in your face experience of burnout uh, that I couldn't quite ignore and this experience of burnout was more subtle it snuck up on me a little bit more it felt more manageable and it felt like I had more agency to manage it Um, which is a testament to the work that I've done to create a life that allows me to do that. And also it's a testament to, like I said, those three line experimental um, happenings or findings of the places where you still can go wrong, even if you're aware of what to look for, even if you're aware of what you need to be doing to try to circumvent burnout. you know, there is still a lot of bumping up against things as humans. And um, and that was apparent within this last phase. 
So as I described last time that I experienced burnout, and I'm, I'm experienced it multiple times in my life, but this main time that I'm thinking about a couple of years ago, it was very physical. I had a lot of physical symptoms that I could either see or feel um, that were warning signs that things were not okay, that I needed to make a change, that I was headed in a very dangerous direction. And for me, in this experience, this recent experience with burnout, it definitely was a lot more subtle. I noticed myself beginning to feel out of whack within my environment, out of whack within my body, and yet I still felt very connected to my vessel. I still felt very aware of what was going on with my body, which I didn't before. Before, it almost felt like my head was disconnected from my body. This time, it felt like I was, I was very much so connected, and yet at the same time, the awareness of what I needed to make sure that it didn't get worse didn't aid itself or didn't lead itself into the immediate action to remedy the situation. So I had to continue to bump up against things and feel those symptoms of apathy and mental block begin to worsen before I actually, you know, called upon or recalled my experience from from before and said, you know what, I have an opportunity to get ahead of this before it gets really bad. What are the things that I need to do in order to um, engage myself with healing? A few years ago when I experienced burnout, I not only felt very present physical symptoms, but I also felt a lot of emotional and mental symptoms like anxiety and depression. This time I felt those same mental and emotional symptoms, however, on a lower scale, and I did not experience any physical symptoms. So um, physically what I was feeling were the cues of my body um, that, you know, that apathy, so the lack of connection or the lack of engagement and I was feeling the the lower levels of energy of my sacral draining however I wasn't feeling things like pain or seeing physical symptoms like I did the last time that we talked about I feel I can attribute this to two different things one I do think that I caught things much quicker or much more quickly than last time and I had the language to understand what was happening with me. I had a lot more compassion for myself. Um, And two, like I said, it was the fact that I had created space for myself and created a life for myself where I could say, okay, I'm burnt out. What happens next? What's the next thing that I need to do? okay, I'm not going to take on clients right now, okay, I'm not going to put pressure on myself to be here or be there. Um, These are attributes of the life that I've created because of the fact that in my last phase of burnout, I I really felt like I had no agency over taking the time to take care of myself or taking the time to make myself better. I will say because of that, because of those decisions, I did have less financial ability to take care of myself. So less financial ability to engage with copious amounts of therapy, for example, or, you know, something that I really engaged with last time I was burnt out was acupuncture or naturopathic um, remedies, for example. And the, the financial capacity was not there this time because of the, the dip in output of work that I, chose to engage with and yet 
the spaciousness and the time to just engage with pleasure and joy and to, you know, do what I could um, to assess the emotions that were coming up, to assess the triggers that were coming up and to try to eliminate those things um, was, was very beneficial. So, you know, not saying that everything was sunshine and, and rainbows this time around, but I did feel a lot more agency to be able to engage with myself and figure out ways to um, make myself feel better. Really much of what I had to do was to take a look at my process of planning my wedding and owning my business at the exact same time and find the through lines of how I was disengaging from my own authenticity in order to live up to expectations or to please other people. And those through lines were threads that allowed me to find my way back to myself and to, you know, create boundaries within my own being of what I needed to do in order to um, hold myself to a different standard, hold myself to a more compassionate standard. So having hard conversations with people, you know, creating um, a fence around myself for the things that I was not willing to engage with or the conversations that I was not willing to engage with, speaking my mind, speaking what I needed, also just at some points being like, okay, we're going to have a difference of opinion here or this isn't how you would do it and that's okay and you're not going to agree with me and still this is what I'm going to do. You know, different things like that. And for the purpose of this podcast episode, I'm not going to get into exactly what was going on or the exact story of planning my wedding and the tension or the friction that was happening for me as a quote-unquote non-traditional bride um, planning her wedding, but maybe I'll share that in a different post or a different podcast Um you know, about that process, because I do think it is something that we don't talk enough about, that we don't talk about the the pressure that brides have to go through, the mental health struggles that brides often go through. And I think it's because there's this pressure to be grateful and to be excited and to, it's the happiest moment of your life and you should be happy, you should be all these different things. And that's oftentimes not the reality. And so, um, like I said, I'll share more about that probably later. I haven't integrated it enough. I haven't come to my conclusions yet or formed my opinions yet in a succinct way. So stay tuned for that. But, but yeah, just know that that's some of what was going on. And, you know, in relation to my business, there was some internal struggles of similar things of, the expectations that I had for myself in relation to what it is that I saw as being a quote-unquote good business owner or being quote-unquote successful and I was not measuring up to those things and I had a lot of self-criticism and and so I was dealing with other people's projections I was dealing with my own projections and this all snowballed into the feelings of burnout that I was experiencing. So my way of coping with those things was to, like I said, eliminate those triggers, 
was to step away where I could. And because of that time that I stepped away um, and because of those boundaries that I put into place, I'm feeling really good. Uh, I feel very re-energized. I feel excited. I do feel trepidatious about what's the next step. And this is where my connection to my body feels really important here because of the fact that, um, you know, my mind really wants to lead in this situation where I'm like, okay, this is the next thing. This makes the most sense. This is where we head next with the business. This is what we offer, you know, whatever it may be. But I really have to let my body lead. And even in our moments of burnout, even when we've quote unquote let our body astray, the the recalibrating that we do and the recentering that we do really does contribute to our self-trust. And so I know that I'm, I've just been fortifying the relationship with my body. And as I live out my process and as I follow my strategy and authority, I'm going to find clarity on what my next step is. Also, the relief of not having to plan a wedding and the relief of, for me and my partner, we are almost 100% sure that we do not want to have kids. Um, we've discussed how we're going to continuously check in with each other about that but right now we're in a space of not desiring children and so it feels really good to be in that next phase of our relationship and to just be looking dead center in the present rather than looking at okay what's the next thing that we need to plan for what's the next thing that's coming up for us um i know that that's different for every every single person I know that um, we're very lucky in being able to decide that for ourselves and to feel very comfortable with each other's decision in that way and and to be on the same page. And I don't take that for granted. And I also feel that that's contributing to the uh, the relief relief that I feel. of having that off of my shoulders and the spaciousness to be able to just to say, okay, now that I don't have that going on, what are the things that are in my current reality that I want to focus on? So yeah, as for what comes next for the business, for coaching, for human design sharing, um, I feel myself feeling this this big opening towards that sacral mm-hmm, the blog, the the podcast and and sharing on Substack, sharing on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, um, in, on this platform, and, and really building this out and making this uh, a home for me and my ideas, my thoughts, my stories, um, my outcomes of my experiments, the things that I've learned, different things like that. And, you know, in terms of social media, in terms of how else I share, that's a work in progress and so I'll keep you updated on that in terms of what I'll be offering next again work in progress I'm playing around with a couple of couple of ideas um, for accessible um, programs or accessible offerings that reach more than one person and that do so in a way like I said that feel accessible to people um in price, in time commitment, and different things like that. And still, I haven't centered on anything, which I'll definitely let you know once I do. But yeah, that's 
basically all that I have to share today. I just wanted to reacquaint myself with you, with the podcast space. I wanted to share what's been happening in terms of the challenges that I've been facing, in terms of the beautiful lessons that I've experienced and integrated, and where I'm currently at in my process. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for taking the time to be curious about what's going on with me. And I will be back with more information about what's up with me, how you can work with me, um, where you can find me um, in the next episode. So stay tuned.